On this episode of 1.21 Gigawatts, we speak with artist Alexia Veldhausen and writer Sam Quinton, creators at Sinopa Publishing and the team behind the comic book 47 Furious Tales. Plus, we wrap our brains around the twisted psyche of Joker. Now, straight from the katana stand at Akko Castle, this is 1.21 Gigawatts! Hey there, and welcome to 1.21 Gigawatts, episode number 45 for October 2019. I'm your host, Brad Barton. This podcast is meant to shine a spotlight on the aspects of geek pop culture that are cool and noteworthy and deserve to be celebrated. Do both yourself and myself a favor and subscribe right now at Apple Podcasts, Player FM, or SoundCloud.com to guarantee that you never miss an episode. Arthur, does it help to have someone to talk to? My mother always tells me to smile and put on a happy face. She told me I had a purpose to bring laughter and joy to the world. Is it just me? Or is it getting crazier out there? I'd like to field that question if I may. That was, of course, Joaquin Phoenix in the role of Arthur Fleck, the man who slowly takes on the mantle of the Joker in the movie of the same name. And yes, it does seem like it's getting crazier out there, which makes Joker a really interesting character study, not only of a clown who's slowly trading his loneliness and despair for a newfound homicidal assertiveness, but also an interesting character study of a society on the brink where the masses are getting really fed up with the 1% and political maneuverings that seem to be benefiting them less and less. Sounds heavy, doesn't it? Make no mistake, Joker is not a fun popcorn movie, but it is a seriously affecting film thanks mostly to a possibly career best performance from Joaquin Phoenix. So when one tries to dissect it immediately following the rolling credits, that can be a little tricky. Especially since you mostly feel like you need a shower. Thank goodness I had my movie-going pal Dave Malbeck with me to help me process it and or rock in a fetal position with me at the movie's conclusion. Keep in mind that just as our protagonist Arthur Fleck progressively becomes more and more unhinged as time passes, this discussion also gets more and more spoilery as it continues. Consider yourself warned. And now, send in the clowns. By which I mean myself and Dave Malbeck. We have just emerged from uh, witnessing Joker. I would put more uh, um, adjectives beforehand to describe it, but I think we're about to yeah. explore that. And when I say we, I don't mean just myself. I mean... My friend, uh, a performer, a comedian, an improviser, a host, 
a bon vivant, a creator of comic books, <laughs> mm. uh, and now I'm going to say a fellow survivor. Do we get yeah. some sort of a badge I for the fact so. that we've gone I, through? Yeah, definitely. I, I marked myself safe on Facebook. <laughs> I can tell you that much. That's, yeah. that, that would be, that voice you're hearing is Dave Malbeck, of course. Um, hold your applause to the end of the segment, please. Um, you Good, you marked yourself safe on Facebook. I, I think did, that's yeah. probably, yeah, probably it was the safest. A, it felt like the right thing to do I, after. I think it did. Okay, so so, you know, as when we left, you asked uh, me where, what did I think I was getting myself into, basically? Yeah. yeah. Um, what did you think you were getting yourself into? So, so we've all heard that, like, well, it's kind of intense, guys. Yeah. It's not really yeah. a superhero movie. <laughs> In fact, as, as we're finishing it, answering my own question now, like a jerk, um, I almost thought to myself, like, oh, I don't even know if this is like, geeky enough to be other than the fact that the word joker is yeah, here yeah because that stuff's intense right there it is no they went they went full full psychological yeah. realism yeah so yeah they went there they like they did it they really really did um so uh, yeah okay so it's it's incredible this is so weird i feel like i'm gonna trip over my tongue the entire time because we're like just 20 minutes or less yeah, from less, having think. this cinema, cinema wash over our brains and with all glass shards <laughs> sticking out and crawling over our our uh, psyche, uh, never sleep again. Hashtag never sleep again. Um, so uh, Joaquin Phoenix, all right, he don't make no junk, and no. Um, nor was this. No, yeah, it was, I mean, he, it's a stellar performance, like definitely, yeah. uh, you know, uh, one of the best jokers yeah. I, I I can recall. Right. Yeah, it's, it's hard not to watch this and be and like start your ranking as you're watching. Yeah, like, is it better than Heath Ledger? Yeah, like is it better than Nicholson? Is right. it you know? Is it you know? Is it better than Hamill? You know? It's, oh, uh, yeah. oh, Mark Hamill. That's true. That's true. We I mean, I, Mark Hamill. It's special. You know, it's yeah. the animated. It's 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 a little. It's like a different. Uh, vibe a yes, little bit than, yes. than uh, Nicholson or, or Ledger but it's definitely in it's a it's a new flavor and we let's just not even talk about Jared Leto's <laughs> Joker just not even not as much on the list uh, yeah no he's yeah uh, although it's it's interesting and I was talking to someone about the Jared Leto one that it so now that Joker seemed okay so Heath Ledger won the Oscar mm-hmm. for for his Joker people are talking about Joaquin being at least nominated sure. it's hard to argue not because this is. I mean, this movie's practically like a one man show. Yeah, no, and it and it is a it is a deep dive into yeah. the psychology of a right. killer clown. Yeah, someone <laughs> losing their their yeah yeah slowly. and right dressing up as a clown to yeah uh, to exact whatever revenge they feel like yeah, they need to society. on society. Yeah, 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 and that's uh, right. Right. And this movie is exactly. And that's why it's the feel good <laughs> hit of the season. Yes, you yeah. can quote us. Yeah. Um. So so it's sort of crazy that like but this role of the Joker of all things is like becoming a, like oh, this weird yeah, like cinematic this weird, yeah Oscar you know, like you've got to play Hamlet at some right, point yeah, yeah and what's their version what are you going to bring to it yeah yeah and it it is kind of weird that the Joker is the one that yeah that it's becoming yeah. a like a rite of passage for, yeah, yeah, yeah for totally. for an actor to to take on uh, I mean because I think yeah if you look back you know even at Nicholson I feel like people were in. And he was nominated. 
Yeah, yeah, but I think that I think people were kind of like, oh, like Jack Nicholson's going to play the Joker. Like right. that seems a little beneath him or something. Yeah. Um, and then I think he might have been the one that kind of I, I think could be right. elevated it. Although you know, Caesar sort of from my childhood <laughs> right. Right. Uh, you the know. Cesar Romero Joker yeah you know who I mean he thought so little of the character he's like I'm not shaving my mustache yeah. I'll just <laughs> right over yeah totally I think that's true you're probably right the fact that Nicholson was the first one to be like we're doing this yeah um, and uh, treating it at least in a way that critics at the you know it's funny I remember as a kid watching that movie and being like oh my lord this is the darkest weirdest thing I've yeah. ever seen yeah and Subsequently, then we just keep having conversion after version after version. Is like, oh, well, I, I mean, don't feel good after <laughs> watching. <laughs> I think there's like a weird like ebb and flow to it because it's like, as we're talking, I'm thinking about also uh, Luth- Lex Luthor and uh, mm. and Gene Hackman and yeah. Richard Donner in the '80s, and how you know like that you know for for '79 or '80 whenever that came out, like that was yeah. A, a serious <laughs> dive into Superman and that right. I feel like everyone was like, oh, this is groundbreaking. And I think when, you know, like five or six years later when uh, Tim Burton's Batman came out, I think yeah. people sort of had a similar kind of like, oh, like, wow, this right. is, you this can is take it. a different take. Yeah, you yeah. can take it kind of seriously and mm-hmm. ground it. And then, you know, here we are like, 20 years later and it's like, oh. No, yeah, like right. now we're <laughs> yeah. Tim Burton was a Saturday morning cartoon. Compared yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. so I mean, to Jack Nicholson to a certain degree, like it is yeah. a different. Uh, yeah, yeah, not the same this level. Is a different of... ballpark. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I would talk more about the supporting cast of this. Also, they were all fantastic. Yeah, well, although, we saw all of them. The, yeah, the moments it, that we saw. Right, of them, exactly. Yeah. But it's it's hard to say. Like, boy, good job, Francis Conroy. You yeah. were terrific. But. Yeah. Indeed, it's sort of like it is. A, yeah, it's pretty much Joaquin nonstop. Yeah. All Joaquin, all the, time. And it's, all the time. It's great, right? Um, also, speaking of casting, so uh, I know that they were originally talking to. So, in the role of Thomas Wayne, right? Thomas mm-hmm. Wayne is is a big deal in here. Um, that for as much as this did or didn't have to do with the Batman mythos, right? I mean, there's still, I guess, when you take a step back, a fair amount of. Yeah, of ties to they, uh, Gotham lore. Yeah, and and I think it, it 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 does have some you know there's some reminiscent of Gotham the TV series of, of Go- Gotham oh, yes. before yes, Batman yes. of kind of that idea, but that's definitely I think one thing that kind of struck me, and I think what's the thing that's most fascinating about like Joker is his relationship, and that he him and Batman are essentially the same person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and like, I don't know if you're reading the comics right now, but that they're doing a thing where Batman, the the bat, the bat that laughs, the bat who laughs, right, right, where Batman is essentially in another universe. Yeah. That Batman it's is the this, Joker, yeah, is the Joker um, right. and that it's and that this movie, I, I feel like it's it's a theme that the more that you know they explored in comic books and film and Gotham, I feel like, uh, and that yeah, that this idea of like oh like they are very interrelated and that they, they kind of right. need each other and create each other. And that's also a big part of the yeah. the Tim Burton uh, Batman. Of course. Was, yeah, yeah, it was like, oh, you made me, I made you. Yeah, and, exactly. But that you kind of feel like that they were pulling at those strings again. Right. We were just short of someone saying, do you ever dance with the devil <laughs> yeah. in the pale moonlight in this movie? In the Joker, right. Um, 
tell me about uh, your your thoughts on on the Thomas Wayne angle on this. Originally, that was going to be Alec Baldwin. Oh, really? Yeah, and I think be... they got into it, and he quickly okay. got to the point of like, this is too close to the Trump I've been doing right. on SNL. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of sort of uh, a lot of modern, you know, modern sure. Trumpian kind of right. themes to the film, also right. as right. far as like. Yeah, like what? What's reality, and what? Yeah, and how do we perceive way. reality, and how do like crazy people right. <laughs> perceive crazy people reality. or the other side, or like the downtrodden masses, how they perceive reality? Yeah, and it was, um, yeah, definitely that that the end, the the, the kind of yeah, the the rich and poor, and and sort of the, the who Thomas Wayne or the Waynes are mm-hmm. in in Gotham and what they sort of represent. Like it was. Uh, it shouldn't have been as surprising. I sure. feel like you know, like you're kind of like, yeah, sure, like I know all that, but yeah. then to see it played out, uh, you're like, oh wow. Yeah, that's true for a movie that so deeply sympathizes with uh, the the primary character, uh, Arthur Arthur Fleck. <laughs> um, yeah, the, we're ne- we never see anything that's positive about the Wayne. So from his perspective, and then probably for sure for like the the not the one percenters <laughs> in that town are all like this dude i swear yeah. is like clearly part of the problem well and there's, i felt like there's also like some uh some uh, occupy wall street kind of oh, there was yeah. like a lot there was uh just a lot of like kind of the the modern day angst yeah. that any human being in right. america <laughs> right. feels at any given moment that yeah. i think is part of what made it like so unnerving was that there was so. parts where you're like, oh man, yeah. this... That you as an audience member like, it's got a point. <laughs> a little bit of a point there. Yeah, yeah. Um, is that... Do you think that that is... This is among the heavier questions of arrest, I guess, when like just dissecting a superhero movie. So, you know, some people are sort of protesting about that, of course, right? Yeah. That they're like, mm, this that is... It's just not responsible right now to to do that or to tack this onto mental health or whatever. Um, is this, is this a movie that is like right movie, wrong time, or is it right movie, right time? I mean, there's probably a lot of, yeah, I mean, I I would say, I think right movie, right time personally. Like I, I feel like it's, um, you know, the, you know, it's it's not the it's not the Joker movie we wanted, but it's the Joker <laughs> movie we deserve. <laughs> you know, it's right. uh, it it really is, and I and I think it's just uh, that, uh, yeah, I, I think that you know, su- superheroes and like the mythos and, and you know the success that that you know that we nerds who grew up right. kind of being like ridiculed for like yeah. oh you're into comic books and you're 20 years old and yeah. that's like, like we're all into comic books people yeah right but that you know like as as the you know the world has shifted i think that it's like um yeah comic books have to have this like Mm-hmm. deepening and especially with a character like Batman and Gotham you have to you know it, it really makes you ask the question like who you know what kind of what kind of psychopath goes out right. at nights and beats and up criminals yeah. or you know and as the, they've talked about before right yeah, yeah. yeah and, and and I think that when if you're gonna explore the Joker it's like yeah what kind of psychopath puts on makeup to right you know uh <laughs> exact revenge right. on society and right. I mean we you get an answer Yes, yes. No spoilers, but you get an answer. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
He becomes the Joker. He becomes what? the Joker. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. I I give that movie such gigantic props. Also, for I can't think of a time other than like the obvious examples. I guess everyone's paralleling this to like Taxi Driver or sure. early. Scorsese movies, which yeah. is ironic considering right. like within the last seven days, Scorsese himself has been like superhero movies aren't really cinema. And yeah. Like, oh, and it's, I mean, and to have dude. De Niro in there as yeah, well. Exactly. Kind of right. like, like, hey, wait a um, second. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're going to get a tap on your own shoulder like, <laughs> are you talking about me? <laughs> um, yeah. As, as things start to head towards De Niro's talk show, of course, in the movie and feeling as a moviegoer, that sense of dread, like, I'm not exactly how this sure how this is going to play out. It is not going to be good. There's yeah. no way this is going to be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not just going to be like, well, we'll have you back again real soon <laughs> on the talk show. Coming up next. Yeah. Um, having that sick pit in your stomach as the movie is going on and on and on. Like, yeah, and, 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 you know, it's, it's set in Gotham, but it's, it's, it's set in 1970s New York. And <laughs> sure. <laughs> it right. really is. Yeah. And the whole time, and when De Niro shows up, you're, there, yeah, there that, are shots where you're like, this is Taxi Driver. Yes, yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of 1970s New York, these locations, holy moly, like, wow. how, how did they get a time machine, go back yeah. and, like, what, where are there, like, Five blocks worth of storefronts that look right. like Times yeah. Square. In I couldn't believe, like even in the beginning when he's running down the street, like yeah, this I, all looks so terrible. Right, I know it, it does leave you. You're like, I guess, I guess they found that that section of Brooklyn yeah. that hasn't been gentrified <laughs> so. yet. Yeah, right. it's like a lost kingdom. Yeah, hold up, guys, don't gentrify this neighborhood yet. We need to film Joker yeah. here. <laughs> it's always so fun watching Batman movies of, of any stripe and like trying to decode what Gotham is this time like right. all right, this is soundstage oh this is pittsburgh yeah <laughs> okay this is chicago with a little with some shots of right. new york or something yeah and then you have the the schumacher uh <laughs> gotham which had enormous statues everywhere for yeah some, that was for an ice rink <laughs> that they just brought on inflatables yeah with their yeah. arms waving oh schumacher I hope he's watching this movie like, oh, oh, I get it. That's what I should have been doing, I suppose. Speaking of when when we see these tracking shots running down the street, I love, of, of all the little weird intricacies that Joaquin Phoenix was doing, that even, like the whole movie when he was running, even when he was in normal shoes, he ran like he was yeah, wearing these yeah, giant clown yeah, shoes. Yeah. The steps were so huge and deliberate and like weirdly cartoony and sort yeah, of a what's wrong right, with you yeah, kind of way. really, I mean, I think he... Like physically, like he transformed himself yeah. in like a really terrifying yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, and his his clown like movements were yeah. terrifying. all the time. Yeah, really and, horrifying. And I will give it up also that uh, when he was being a clown, he uh, that was like some hard commitment. He, yeah, it was, was some hardcore clowning. Yeah, did some real clowning <laughs> yeah. clown work. Yeah, he did to entertain yeah, the did. kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in a way that's not like, I'll just make this part weird and creepy. Like, it was only weird just because we knew who this guy was as soon as he walked, quote-unquote, off stage from his clown job. Like, that's the only thing that made his clowning... Yeah, yeah, it was... Um... Otherwise, I'd hire him for a party, is what I'm saying. I would consider hiring yeah. Arthur Fleck. I mean, you're right, for... if it wasn't for the murdering... If I it think wasn't he... for the murdering... He'd have a job. Yeah. <laughs> I think the real issue might be that he never picked up balloon animals because that's yeah. where his he can really express himself. 
ultimately. Yeah, that could have saved us all, you know? It's yeah. like if Hitler had only gone into painting, if yes. Arthur Fleck had only, only gone, gone into, into balloon animals. animals, who knows? It's very different. That's that's true. A very different film. So um, <laughs> we were talking about the fact that uh, uh, as, as the credits began to roll and um, we uh, held each other quivering <laughs> in the dark theater. Gently, gently, gently <laughs> oh caressing. <laughs> and trying to wipe away our tears. Yeah. Um, and wondering why are there high school girls a few rows in front of us? What were they expecting? Yeah, how did they get in here? I thought this I was rated R. Yeah, but, you know. I did not hear anyone munching popcorn and Mm-mm. realizing the couple that left early on. Like, <laughs> what was it exactly that one? Because nothing had even really scary happened other no, than the general no. mood of like, don't feel good about being in this room, <laughs> but you're here now, so we locked the doors. So uh, where I'm going with this is that, indeed, we did not stay to the end of the credits. We didn't. Yeah, we have no idea. I have no idea, if, yes, if there's an if there's a post-credits scene. Hard, hard to imagine where they'd go with that. Right. So um, where where do they go next, Dave Malbeck? What is the... Where is there a the Joker deep... sequel? <laughs> Why would there be a Joker sequel? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it is. I don't know. I don't know how... You could. It's making a lot of money, so you know someone's having right. this conversation. Oh yeah, there's definitely like in in a yeah in, in a corporate uh, boardroom. Yeah, there's where, somebody talking yeah. about how what is Joker? What does J two look like? <laughs> so what's J two for a for a movie that everyone <laughs> criticized like Batman v Superman as being right. too dark? Right. And Joker said, "Hold my beer." <laughs> <laughs> so yes, J two is being discussed somewhere. What happens in J two? I mean, I don't. I so I mean I I don't know how what our what our spoiler level is here. Is we there? we can we can spoil. We're, okay, we're, we're spoiler Yes, we're here. enough minutes in here right, that so, people it's happening now. Yeah. Avert your ears. Yeah, so if you don't want to hear more. Yeah. So there's no there's no Batman in in this version of Joker. Uh we do meet Bruce, yeah. but he's he's a child much like in in Gotham sure. where you don't have a grown-up Batman, which was a little it's a little weird because you start thinking weird. about it. And you start being like, well, this kid's like 10. Right. We start doing Joaquin's the Joaquin's like 40. It's like by the time <laughs> yes. this kid becomes Batman, Joker's going to be yeah. you know, Geriatric bad hip Joker. and Yeah, exactly. It's like, "Ah, my sciatica Batman, give me a second. It's, right. it's hard to it's hard to imagine that. He'll be sitting at a desk <laughs> like just holding on a microphone. Go in there and get him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I don't. It's hard Henchmen. to imagine how you could play that out. Yes. Um, well, I just great. don't. Yeah. That. That's that. That's where I don't. And that. So what? Do you, like I'm not repeat? campaigning for one. No, I this know. Is, this is but I think you're right that there are purposes. people that are like. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And especially when they when they've talked about. So meanwhile, like Robert Pattinson is going to be our next Batman. Yes. And that is underway. And mm-hmm. people are saying like, is Joaquin Phoenix's Joker going to be in there? Like, look, extra dot com. <laughs> <laughs> Just. See this movie and then settle your body yeah, and then yeah. decide if these things yeah. are ever going to exist in the same Venn diagram. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it definitely felt... I mean, and I, we we joked about, you know, is is there yes. a post-credit sequence right. and, and will Aquaman make an appearance <laughs> yes, in it? Yes, right, we uh, got to set up, yes, <laughs> Aquaman But that it does, it does feel like that this... This is on Earth, you know, 36. <laughs> this is definitely right. not... Uh, and is quarantined there forever. Yeah, right. This is not Earth 1. I think yeah. it is what, you know... I, I'm sure that the 
the, the nerds at DC are going to argue with whatever executives like, I want to see J2 yeah. next summer. I think they would. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe make it. A, I mean, and along those lines, since we're spoiling now, I mean, we did see, finally, may I add, the murder of Thomas and Martha Wayne in an alley outside a theater. I've wondered for years exactly how, <laughs> how that comes about. Uh, yeah, yeah, they went there again. It's never yeah, been we didn't, captured on celluloid. Before. Yeah, never. No, you've never, you've never Although, seen, uh, you've never seen that moment no. before. Which is sort of weird when we started going down there, like, oh, they're oh, we're like, gonna I was do it. Both we're excited gonna, and like, oh, we're gonna do well, it. You, you're just. This is a meme. Yeah, now. now we're doing it. Yeah, we're doing. Now we're gonna do this again. That I kind of like. That's the most. Oh, setting something up. <laughs> <laughs> that like other than anything else that had happened in that movie in a way of like well you did sort of just establish that yeah. now there's an orphaned Bruce Wayne who saw his parents murdered by yeah. a, a clown and the kid did look a little like Robert Pattinson <laughs> <laughs> he did he looked nothing like Robert Pattinson he didn't he, didn't. he had the dreamy boyish good looks <laughs> Of Robert Pattinson. Yeah. They should have got. They should have just shoved Robert Pattinson in there just for the heck of it. Just had him stand on his knees or something. Yeah, <laughs> that's the post-credit scene. Is that suddenly it's it's him like being shaken back to attention, like the entire yeah. movie yeah, he, was his flashback, and he like closes the file <laughs> that says Fleck, comma Arthur. I mean, so now that we're into full spoiler. Yeah, sorry, we're there. We're there yeah. now. People. Is there so in in the in the movie? There's. Joker believes that Thomas Wayne might be yeah. his father. Yeah. Um, but there's a part of you that, you know, he's he's a rich, powerful man, you yes. know, that, yeah. and if we've learned nothing from society today, rich, powerful men can make yeah. things oh, that's appear. True. And is there is there any chance that Joker could really be Batman's half-brother? And that would, would that, make them two sides of the same coin, whoa. Dave. Yeah. No, did they go there? Did they go fully there? Or, I don't know. I don't know. I thought of it. Th- it popped into the brain for one second. Yeah. And I was like, hmm. Me too. Especially in a movie that is playing fast and loose with reality and perception. Right, yeah. yeah. That you're and like, like who's, a nar- who's a reliable narrator and who's not. Right, yeah, because it's like, is the is the rich billionaire running for public office? Is yeah. he the sane one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, is he? I don't know. Maybe. Whoa. Maybe. Yeah. And there was also one line where Thomas Wayne, I think, said... Uh, I'm the only one that can help you, or something along those lines. He for sure, said that. Yeah, and you're like, wait, hold up a uh, sec, wait uh, a sec, hold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh. what I'm saying here is, I think that Donald Trump Jr. is the Joker, and Gasp. Trump is Batman. No, Holy. I don't, I don't <laughs> All right, we're gonna double check the math on that. I don't know about that. That, uh, was, that was a that was a. You're hmm. shooting from the hip, and I appreciate it. That is the level of honesty and candor. Um, that gets you. On, that is the on bottled the city of candor <laughs> that gets you on the <laughs> one point twenty one gigawatts. Dave, thank you for going with me to the movies. Thank you. Um, next time, can we yeah. go please see like uh, Minions Two or something? Yeah, sure. So. Yeah. I'm going to sleep in your bed tonight. Okay. I think, I think <laughs> yeah, that's I'm best. Gonna, yeah. Right, let's, <laughs> if we do anything, neither of us should spend much time by ourselves. No. When no. our thoughts. No. That's definitely, probably. Definitely. Yep. Definitely Friends not. reruns for everyone tonight <laughs> until we pass out.
In the world of independent creators, Sinopa Publishing is a relatively young but very confident player in the creative space. Established in 2017 by Sam Quinton to create role-playing games and children's books, Sinopa quickly expanded into the comic book arena, and with the addition of Amsterdam-born, 2014 Kubert School graduate Alexia Veldhausen, these plans took a big step forward in the form of the new comic book, 47 Furious Tales. The comic is a beautifully illustrated retelling of Japan's Akko incident, a historical event in 18th century Japan which you may be familiar with from films like 47 Ronin and Last Nights. Except in Alexia and Sam's telling, all of the protagonists are anthropomorphized animals. I interviewed Sam and Alexia back in June at the Garden State Comic Fest in Morristown, New Jersey, and saw the Sinopa Publishing crew actively creating a new work in their booth on the show floor and bringing 47 furious tales to the masses. Don't mess with a samurai squirrel, y'all. I mean, any zoologist can tell you that. You know, when people talk about comic books, often we're talking about the big majors, what's Marvel doing, what's DC doing, but there are so many awesome, fascinating stories going in uh, in small publishing, and luckily today we're going to hear about some of those stories because I am here among the people of Sinopa Publishing, Sam Quinton and Alexia Veldhausen. Good morning. Good morning. Hello, hello. Uh, I want to know your secret origin stories so far because you, you both start in very interesting different places. Uh, geographically as well as career-wise, and then of course converged here. So Sam, let's start with you. Tell me about your background in comics um, and uh, how, how we got to this point. Okay, I've been a comic book fan since the early 70s when I was a very small boy. I had uh, founded a comic shop in the late 90s, sold that a few years ago, and had always wanted to create my own comic. When I founded Snoopa Publishing in uh, 2017, our primary focus was to get to not just role-playing games and children's books, but definitely to get into comics of really unique and valuable storylines to bring to people. And um, I had the good fortune to have access to a number of talented professionals, most of them were graduates from the Kubert School here mm. in Jersey. And so we uh, were spitballing uh, one evening. I put out a few ideas. Alexia was kind enough to uh, take on 47 Furious Tales. Zach Viola, who we have over here, took on the Steel Road RPG supplement. And we've been racing through uh, funding at Kickstarters and putting out books left and right. That's amazing. So, uh, so your name has already been invoked in this origin story. Yep. So, uh, so tell me about uh, your journey here, especially the ge geographical journey. I think it's fascinating. Mm. Well, um, I've been a comic book fan since I was nine years old, and I don't have that much mileage uh, on me as Sam does, obviously. <laughs> However, I was working in the best comic shop in Amsterdam for a long time, and that's kind of what moved me to go to the Kubert School. So I think by the time I was in my junior year of high school, I'm like, I want to become a comic book artist, and I need to go to this school in America, as we like to say in sure. Europe. We don't call it the U.S. Sure. Um, so that was like my American dream. Um, so I managed to get in and I managed to get the funding and the whole plan was just to go to the Kubert School and get through it because it seemed pretty hard and it really, really was. And then somehow I managed to graduate in 14 and then I was like, okay, so now what's the plan? You know, I understand that, that people have, have dreams of traveling the world and, and if you're in Europe, like, I want to go to, uh, to America and see what's going on, but your mission was so specific uh, yeah, yeah. How, how did you even know of the Kubert School other than, like, I know how we probably knew, which is like, well, I've seen the ads in a million comics, I guess. 
I've seen the ads in a million comics. Yeah. It, well, because the shop where I was at was importing comics from the U.S., so I would get, you know, DC, Vertigo, Marvel, yeah. the whole shebang. Yeah. I would get those comics too, and I would see those ads, and yeah. I was like, oh, there's a comic book school in the U.S. I gotta go there if I want to become a comic book artist. It seemed logical to me at the time. Right. So. I'm just, I was just laser focused on it like a horse with the uh, flaps on the sides, yeah. and there you go. That's what I did. That, that's so great. So, um, as Sam, as you've mentioned, uh, and not only is Alexia a Kubert grad, but we're surrounded by a lot of Kubert uh, really grads. So, um, so what's what's the connection then? How how are you just hanging outside on a graduation day, handing out postcards? Or I, uh, <laughs> I have known uh, Brian Lee, aka the Full Bleed Artist. Uh, most of his life, the last 20 years or so. Uh, he, uh, as a small child, was a frequent customer at a comic uh. shop. And he went on to the Kubert School, and um, his brother, also a very talented artist, was one of the first artists I approached for uh, our role-playing projects and said, hey, Brian's just graduated, and he's better than I am. Mm. Your brother's words. <laughs> and so um, he's like, this is, this is pretty cool. I got some people who need some work. I'm like, well, if we can keep the funding rolling, we'll keep them working. And so we, uh, we're we really, really fortunate to have great Kickstarter fans who have been uh, supporting our projects very faithfully. Um, we've had people churn out repeatedly over and over again, tell their friends. And thanks to that and uh, a lot of good grace, we succeeded on our second try to get 47 Furious Tales funded um, and have since funded two other projects in the last couple of months. That's, so. that's amazing. Does it, does it help with so many Kubert uh, grads that everyone sort of has a similar experience, a similar language coming out of that? Is there a Absolutely. sort of a nice shorthand? Uh, with the comic book anthology that we're putting out soon, it was extremely helpful because Sam didn't understand the way that Kubert graduates are trained, mm -hmm. and I did. I took over editorial tasks for the book, so I told him, look, this is how we work, so we need to do it step by step by step by step, like this and that and that will be something that they can understand but because he has a very different vocabulary different lingo and i had to kind of like translate that to make sure that both sam and the artists were on the same page so um being i've i know everybody in that team um they were all years below me i think i'm the most senior graduate out of the team um, but I've like I've known Zach when he was in his first year. I've known Brian. I've known everybody. So I already had a, like a relationship with them, right? So it was easy communicating with them through email and just telling them was like, hey, you know, we got to make sure we do it like this and that because that's the way Sam wants it. So, yeah. you know, it helps a lot to have um, people who have gone through the whole thing, the whole ordeal, if you want to call it that, <laughs> um, because we are we have a certain mentality. I I can't speak for other art schools and art students or even just artists who do it on their own. Everybody has a different way of doing things, but because the Cuber School kind of tailors things to be done in a certain way, we have a certain work process. It just makes it all easier when we're all working together. We all understand what we're trying to do because we're basically just following the exact same steps. Sure, right, absolutely. So uh, we, we've talked a little bit about uh, 47 Furious Tales mm -hmm. already. Let's dive into 47 Furious Tales um, among the titles available from Sinopa. Um, the comic book story is based on the historical Akko incident from yes. the 18th century Japan, yes. um, but with squirrels as the protagonists, yes. of course. So so explain to the masses what what the comic is about and, and how it came together how were you inspired to write this I've actually wanted to tell this story in one form or another for 20 years but uh, I was wanting to get into comics and I wanted to find a title that was very passionate about and then I was uh, actually 
sitting in one of my little personal headspace brainstorming sessions, and this little graphic came up of squirrels fighting with lightsabers. And I was like, <laughs> I, okay. I'm familiar with it. I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. And I was like, but you know what? We can take that and tell the, the story of the Aiko incident, the 47 Run story, and we have remarkable artists who can bring that to light. I just need to see if someone's interested in taking it on. Because it's, it's a, a comic that has to tell the overall story. We're not just going from the end where like, oh, this happened two years ago, and now we're kicking indoors. Mm-hmm. We wanted to go back to the earliest history that we could find and tell a more comprehensive tale. So we, we started with this and said, hey guys, we have this that I'd like to do. Alexia's like, it's samurai, that's my thing. Everyone back off and we'll leave out the, we'll, we'll bleep out the, uh, the colorful language that came out at that point. He's like, back off. But, um, it's like physical threats. Sounds- <laughs> no, there was no threat of physical violence, honestly. Anyway. It was all <laughs> mental intimidation. It wasn't. <laughs> no, there was no intimidation. Never. 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 Um, we swear. Honestly, <laughs> but the um, the end products that we, we we envisioned is that whole twelve book series to tell a comprehensive tale of it with colorful characters that are at their heart true to the history of it, and we use very little artistic license other than you know making people anthropomorphic animals sure. uh, to fill in some of the gaps in the history that's been lost to time, and we put a lot of focus also on. Not just the, the, the characters everyone knows from the traditional festivals, but we also brought to light some of the roles for some of the people who were working behind the scenes. Uh, in particular, a geisha who is referenced several times in the history. Um, and this is not a comic for children because we also reference a lot of violence. Uh, there's a, a prostitute who was used as a spy that was mm-hmm. through there. So there's, while there's no nudity or no, nothing like that, there's a lot of mature subject matter. No squirrel nudity. Got right. it. Um, so the <laughs> the book features a traditional Japanese inking style, yes. which is gorgeous. I, I love the watercolor elements. It's so, so beautiful. Um, I, I don't mean for this to be as obvious a question as it sounds, but, but how did you decide on this approach? Did it just organically, like, Sam, there's only one way to do this, and let's do it? I mean, that's absolutely true, but um, the real truth of it is is that I've always kind of leaned towards that sort of inking style. Um, Yoji Shinkawa, who's the concept artist on the Metal Gear Solid series, is a huge influence on me. And you can tell that he's been hugely influenced by that because, you know, he's Japanese. So um, based on that, when Sam threw that concept at me and I called dibs on it, I was like, (laughs) this is my opportunity to really explore that style to the fullest. I've always been very much into ink wash and a lot mm-hmm. of just like using a lot of water and just kind of let the ink do what it wants to do. Mm-hmm. Same with watercolors. Um, but with this, I really got to just go crazy with it and really, I could tell that my ink wash game has definitely leveled up a little bit with all the pages that I had to do like this. Sure. But that was definitely, for me, the funnest part of the project is to, uh, once I got to the inking, I was have I was in good space whenever I got to ink the pages, um, and I hope that it shows in the uh, originals. I, I think so. I mean, you, 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 when when you get that feeling when you're looking at a certain book and between the story and especially the art and think like, oh yeah, this 100% feels right. It just feels so so organic and so natural that like choices were made that it doesn't even feel like there was ever a question. So that's that's really tremendous, and I'm so glad that uh, that Kickstarter delivered for you guys Absolutely. on this and for so many. Yeah. Yeah. We're very grateful for it. Yeah. Very yeah. grateful. 
Um, so, uh, so really quickly, you've of course there's so many other projects. You've got a fantastic team that are all chained to their desks right Thank behind you. us. And this is about <laughs> half of them. Yeah, this is about half of them. Yeah, they they do wonderful, wonderful work. Actually, each of these fine folks who are here today are contributors for our anthology project, mm. which is actually done. We're only kickstarting to fund printing and delivery of backer rewards. Um, which we'll be launching here in a couple of weeks. That's great. And we'll be fulfilling almost instantly thereafter, just as soon as the, uh, the funds get kickstarted for the print copies. Digital copies will literally go out two days or three days after the uh, um, end of the campaign. Excellent. Well, there's so much excitement and energy going on with this uh, with this company. I'm so excited for both of you. Thank you so much for the time. Uh, Sonopa Publishing, look it up. There's a lot coming, especially that anthology book. Don't miss it. That's it for this episode of 1.21 Gigawatts. Many thanks to my guests Alexia Veldhausen, Sam Quinton, and Dave Malbeck. Special thanks also to Dave O'Hare and Sal Zerzolo at the Garden State Comic Fest and Eric Palomo for recording this episode's interview. And thanks, of course, to you for inviting me into your podcast feed to nerd out. It means more to me than you know. I'd love to hear what you think about this latest audio adventure. What do you like? And what deserves to work the graveyard shift at Watto's Junk Shop, polishing hyperactive pit droids? You can tell me by leaving me a message at one of the show's social media channels. They are the 1.21 Gigawatts Facebook page, where you can follow and discuss the latest film, TV, comic book, and genre entertainment news. On Twitter, I'm at 121Gigawatts, and on Instagram, I'm 1.21 underscore Gigawatts. Plus, you can find all of those feeds at the 1.21 Gigawatts website. It has photos, blog entries, every episode to date, newsletter sign-up information, and more. Get thee to 121Gigawatts.com and wallow in the nerdliness. And while you're nerding around on the internet, be sure to visit Marvel.com, where you can find more of my work as the writer of the Marvel Top 10 video series. The most recent episode is Top 10 Most Appearances, a list which counts down the 10 characters who have the most appearances in Marvel Comics. Spoiler alert, this list does not include Stilt Man. You're welcome. I might have just saved you an embarrassing side wager. Visit Marvel.com to see the full video. Hey, did you know that every episode of this podcast is available for free at Apple Podcasts? It's so easy to subscribe and never miss a geeky second. And while you're visiting Apple Podcasts, you can help us out. Whether you're a subscriber or not, please rate and review the show, especially if you have something nice to say, because that will help more like-minded listeners find the show. If you're not an Apple Podcasts user, you can also find us at SoundCloud.com or on Player FM. You're probably listening to my voice right now thanks to one of those platforms. Browse the other episodes listed there and check out another one. I'll even make a recommendation. If you enjoyed this episode's interview with Sam Quinton and Alexia Veldhausen, I encourage you to check out episode number 21 when I spoke with the creative team behind the comic book Black. We heard all about the DIY adventures of writer Kwanzaa Osagiafo, designer Tim Smith III, illustrator Jamal Eigel, and editor Sarah Litt when we spoke. That's episode number 21 of 1.21 Gigawatts. Give it a listen as soon as you finish this one. Huge gratitude to my co-producer, composer, sound designer. He's sitting right in front of me. He's the inventor of the future, David Sisko. You are and remain the best, Cisco. 
Dear listener, if you enjoyed this travel-sized chunk of geekitude, please share it with a nerdy friend. You can follow, like, etc. all of those social media accounts mentioned a few seconds ago and let people know that you're listening. I'm Brad Barton, and until next time, here's nerd rock band H2Awesome rocking out with the 1.21 Gigawatts theme song. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Whatever geek wants is what we got From Doctor Who to Aqualad You might meet Luke and Leia's dad Pop culture that is super rad Hosted by some guy named Brad He'll rock you to your nylon Cylon socks 1.21 freaking gigawatts Arthur I have some bad news for you This is the last time we'll be meeting. You don't listen, do you? You just ask the same questions every week. How's your job? Are you having any negative thoughts? All I have are negative thoughts. <laughs> <laughs>